Hello and welcome to, you'll probably agree, filming in the wonderful Galway Bay at 600, or damn it, 500 <laughs> West Diversity Parkway in Chicago, Illinois. It's the perfect uh, bar that doesn't have that weird sort of corporate atmosphere as a dive bar, but uh, it's not too divey at all. It's actually a wonderful place. Uh, I've been coming here for years. Anyways, oh, wrong microphone. Hello, right microphone. All right. All right. <laughs> and uh, anyways, as always, my usual co-host Ian Simmons is here with me. I prefer and to think of myself as an unusual co-host. Uh, my unusual co-host who usually has the opposite opinion on movies, such as <laughs> myself. Uh, Ian Simmons is with me. And uh, from kickingtheseat.com, listen, or kickseat.com, and you can also listen to his podcast, Kicking the Seats. And, uh, oh yeah, and you also have your YouTube channel. Is it under the same uh, acronym? Uh, just Kicking the Seat, yeah. Yep, and there mm -hmm. you go. So check out Kicking the Seat. I've said it four times. You guys should have gotten it by now. Uh, <laughs> and so we're just talking randomly about favorite Oscar moments, because whatever the Oscars come up, I always watch it like it's the artist super bowl you know yeah. this is where you know if you say well art shouldn't be uh used as you know uh as a competition no but it's entertaining and it's nice to see when people we hate lose and people <laughs> that we hate also win and people that we love win of course i started with hate because uh i don't know i'm an angry little troll man oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh, do you have uh, what's your favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite Oscar moment? Start at number ten. <laughs> Clickbait. We are not doing that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have a favorite one. I've got. I wrote down a list of moments that have stuck with me over the years. Yeah. I'll say the one that I always go back to. So yeah, yeah. Hell, it's it's my favorite. Why not? And it's so odd is when Billy Crystal used to host the Oscars. He had a string of, of shows. He did like 13 of them or something. Yeah, yeah, and the first one I was aware of, I believe was 1991, when he was doing the Oscar song for the 1990 movies. Uh-huh. And because Godfather 3 was nominated that year. Oh, God. Yep. It was nominated for Best Picture? I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. But wow. um, he did, a he, in his medley about movies from that year, he rhymed Home Alone yeah. With Corleone. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. It's, uh, he, and he did it. It was magnificent. So yeah. I don't know. There, there are other more memorable things and more entertaining moments from the Oscars, obviously. Yeah. But for whatever reason, that's like the little triple dent gum earworm that keeps getting stuck in my head. Yeah, it's a, that's sort of like that thing you just kind of remember from way back. And it that, that reminds me, I was looking up Oscar moments, and I don't like this one because especially in today's day and age with the Me Too movement, uh, uh, Seth uh, MacFarlane did a song called We've Seen Your Boobs. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't... That was a really weird moment, but it doesn't bother me because it's Seth MacFarlane. That guy's been yeah. getting away with not Me Too stuff, but with that kind of humor. That yeah. is on brand for him for 20 years. Yeah. And I will say, even with him, that big announcement recently where he's moving from Fox to NBC, it's like a big coup. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, now, from what I understand, not to get too much into the TV side of things, but yeah. uh, apparently he's going to be still working on his legacy Fox projects, like Family Guy and American Dad and the Orville, yeah. under the Fox banner, but he's gonna be de developing a bunch of new stuff for NBC Universal. Well, it wouldn't be on the Fox banner anymore because Fox has been bought out by Disney. They're now 20th Century Studios. Whatever they it still is. have the, yeah. the Fox channel. Yeah. It's all messed up. But yeah, if I were to start my list, uh, I think the uh, first thing that always pops in my head when I've seen the Oscars is um, when Marlon Brando, uh, I'm just starting with my favorite one. Yeah, when he, this is like the first time I think like uh, an act, it might not be, but from what I understand from what YouTube told me, cause I'm sure that's 100% accurate. <laughs> About as accurate uh, as Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, at least this one has, at least that one has footage. Uh, yes. But uh, when uh, Marlon, Marlon Brando was like the first actor, I guess, to, uh, actually um, use a political statement during the Oscars um, instead of, you know, when he won his award. And the way he did it was he didn't show up to the show and he had Sashing Littlefeather, an American Indian, walk up on the stage and she, uh, I guess, 
Brando essentially rejected the award through yep. her words. And then she was speaking against the treatment of Native Americans in cinema. Yeah. And she was followed by some booze mm-hmm. with some cheers. Uh, but also, the, the, the oddest thing is, is that uh, it's like, I agree with what Brando said 100%. It's just I don't know if the Oscars is the platform to do it in because, you know, this is a night where you're supposed to be accepting your award. You're not supposed to be interjecting your own politics into it. But also, sometimes when they do the political message right, I don't mind. Like yeah. Especially after an election year, I'll certainly have those kind of feelings. Like, I hope someone does say something about Bush or Trump or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And... Yeah, that would that one always stood out as like one of the most bizarre moments. You know, and that was 1973. Yeah. And this morning, because I was thinking about that moment too. Yeah. This was the first time I'd actually watched her speech. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd I'd always heard about it, huh. but I never watched it. And what struck me was the booze and then the cheers, and it was like a dueling like yeah, dueling banjos. Like they, they were trying to they were trying to <laughs> shut him up because they're like, "You're being a dick. Stop booing her." You know, and the bull guys are like, uh, okay. <laughs> and, and what I love about that moment, as opposed to a lot of the yeah. political speech that has come in recent years, we'll say, yeah. is that it ties directly into the reason everybody's there. It's yeah. not a blanket statement about, like, treatment of Amer- you know, Native Americans. It's not an anti, you know, like, Nixon screed or something like that. Yeah. It ties directly into, here's a political issue yeah. that's affecting our community and what we're here to celebrate. And I, Marlon Brando, can't celebrate with you because I don't feel right accepting all these accolades when there are people who are being shut out or poorly represented in this medium that I love. Yeah. You know, I, as far as political speeches, I know Michael Moore had a really great one for uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 back in the Bush era. Uh, That's great. I think the problem today and why I'm kind of tuning out from award shows and why I loved Ricky Gervais' speech at the Golden Globes. Oh, God. I wanted to host the Oscars so bad. I I do, too. Yeah. Is because he had a great point. He's like, you don't necessarily know what you're talking about. You do have this great platform to say whatever you want, but unless you have something unique to say, this is kind of the reason people are tuning out from these award shows. Yeah. Uh, So I'm all for political speech kind of like what you're saying, as long yeah. as it's targeted and it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And that one was targeted made sense because it, it directly tied to filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is how you show Native Americans in your movies, and it's wrong. Yeah. You know, he wasn't talking about how they're treated outside of cinema. It was all within the realm of cinema. So, you know, as nutty as Marlon Brando was, you know, with all his eccentricities, you know, doing... Larry King interviews without his shoes on, just laying, uh, you know, laying down on his couch. Uh, he he still, you know, he had a good point there, you know. And so, I also love yeah. that this is some. I always thought it was just the speech that was it, what was yeah. presented. But she had she held up a speech on a, like a folded piece of couple of pieces of paper. Yeah. And she said, I can't share this yeah. speech with you right now because of time constraints, but I'll do that afterwards with the press. Yeah. And I was like, that is so beautiful because. Today, you see people get up on stage and they'll just start like ranting and carrying on and then it'll have to get played off and it's like, yeah, you know when your moment is. Did they have the footage of when she did it with the press or I don't know if they did back in 73. Uh, Because I was trying to find that. I I, I couldn't. No, I I did not go that far down the rabbit hole, but I will tonight. I'm going to go and see if I can find either footage or I'm sure someone wrote it up or there's a transcript of what he said. Oh, yeah, there's a piece they did on her uh, a few years ago, where she is today. I don't remember anything about it, but <laughs> uh, well, essentially, uh, you know, the, she was just talking about the atmosphere back then and what it was like, and yeah, it was pretty much as you saw. It was very contentious. I think today, if someone did that, there'd be they'd be a little more accepting. Oh yeah, um, I mean, you hear that phrase "stunning and brave" all the time. I mean, yeah, that moment, Sashin Littlefeather getting up on that stage, you realize it's. You know, it's 40 plus years ago. Yeah. It's very much, uh, you, you think there's an Oscar so white problem today. Yeah. I mean, that was like almost like going into a Klan rally and, and advocating oh for equal rights. I mean, it's, it's a bad analogy, that, that but you know a, what I'm that saying. That was a ballsy move back then. Yes. You know, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't like what Michael Moore did in 2003, which is also on my list. It's number nine. <laughs> but, uh, 
<laughs> where, uh, but Michael Moore, uh, essentially, you know, not only did he do his whole Bush spiel, but he like, uh, when, when you watch the Bowling for Columbine documentary, or not documentary, the behind the scenes on the DVD of the documentary, he actually asked his fellow co-hosts to come up on the stage, his fellow nominees to come up on the stage with him. Mm. And uh, they said, okay. And unbeknownst to them, he was going to go off on this whole political speech. And when you watch the footage of them, like, it's just so funny as the camera hands across to each of their faces. Uh, one person in, uh, in particular I saw was just kind of looking up at the ceiling, like just try to try to be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I'm so confused right now. What the hell is going on? <laughs> and the whole time, uh, you know, Michael Moore. Now that was even more contentious with this booze and cheers as they just battled each other the whole way through with Sashi and Littlefeather. You heard some booze and then the cheering people shut him up. Yeah. Here, they were just going back and forth. It was like a wrestling ring. Almost. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, they played him off with the music as well. Even the academy's like, okay, you're going too far. When he's saying, when you have the Dixie Chicks against you and so and so, then it's time to get out of this war. And it's like, wait a minute, wasn't your movie about gun violence? <laughs> Why are you talking about the war with Iraq and how Bush uh, stole the election in Florida? Like, what, what does this have to do with your movie? Was it was it for Columbine or was it for Fahrenheit? I can't remember. It was for Bowling for Columbine. Okay, I might have got yeah. it wrong because I I know Fahrenheit 9/11 was a huge sensation. I just can't remember if he won yeah. or was nominated for that at all. Um, that was a few years later. I don't think he was nominated for it. I'm not sure. Okay. But I don't think he was just because they didn't want another. You know, <laughs> although that one would have been that would have been if he won for that one, that would have been the right one to have the whole you know speech yeah. rant with. But yeah, it was unfortunate it didn't happen. But uh, I, again, that's a weird thing with Michael Moore. It's like I agree with a lot of what he says. It's just how he says it sometimes sort yeah. of annoys me. You yeah. know, it's like it's hard to take you seriously when you weigh 800 pounds and you dress up like a slob and you got this nasally voice and you're shoving a camera in someone's face and be like, say this! It's just like, yeah, whoa, it's, dude. It's definitely, he's got an affect to him. He you know, an he's problem. a multimillionaire with several houses and yet he still dresses like he did at Roger and Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't quite buy it, but you know, yeah. that's, an, that's a whole that's other a, show. Well, yeah, there's a whole thing about him not paying his crew members, so. Wow. Yeah, Leonard Moulton, uh, he never, like, wants to, you know, bring up anything negative, and he he brought that up about him, and I kind of agreed, where it's like, yeah, you know, you, you, can't, you gotta, you, if you're gonna be for the everyman, you can't go and not pay your own people, like, that's just, what are you doing? Oh, I don't think it was crew member, it was a theater that, uh, that he didn't pay that we're gonna show his movie, that put a lot of money into it. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know that story, but if it's yeah. if it's true, it's it's pretty it's pretty terrible. Yeah. Well, what else do you have for uh, moments? Well, I've got the. Um, this is kind of a different yeah. turn. I, I'm not usually a fan of. They have the Oscar-nominated songs, and they have people come oh, out and perform God. them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I loved in. This would have been. Uh, I don't know. Was it 2005, 2006? The yeah. movie Once. Once. Do you okay. remember that? No. The, it's the Irish. I think it's an Irish uh, drama about these two musicians kind of falling in love. Mm. Um, and there's a, a big song that came out of that movie called Falling Slowly. Mm. And it was performed by Glenn Hansard and Marquette Erglova. Ah. And they performed that show at the Oscars. And you could just, I'm going to probably butcher this because I knew the story at one point. but going to start singing it. it. No, 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 no. <laughs> just, the origins of the story. I'm, mm. I they might have actually been in a relationship, but then they were broken up or something. I don't remember, but they were singing to each other, and there was like this crazy, like Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham vibe, like as they were singing. It's like this means so much more to them than just being these kind of first time filmmaking sensations at the Oscars. It was like a beautiful moment. Um, and I don't even know if I had seen once by the time I saw that bit. That might have been what compelled me to go see it. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so, are they still together? I don't know. Uh, okay. Hopefully they are, because we don't want to use once punts on them. 
We've only been together once. Maybe twice though. Well, it's fair to say, at least in terms of American consciousness, they were a once hit wonder. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. We gotta get it in. We gotta get it in. <laughs> I liked how I, well, I didn't like, but I like how Catherine Bigelow was the first and still the only woman to win Best Director. Yeah. Uh, that year, you know, and she won right in front of her ex-husband, but he was uh, James, who was James Cameron, but he was very supportive of her. Like right away when they said it, her name, he like went woo, and you know, like clap for her. So that that was nice of him. But I didn't think the Hurt Locker was particularly that great of a movie. No. But it was more of like the message of her winning, and sometimes like I hate to say it, but sometimes it's kind of like when Martin Scorsese finally won his Oscar, which is my favorite Oscar moments. Uh, that, that that it was more about that something important happened regarding who won more so than the other uh, nominees. I'm conflicted about that because yeah. I I definitely I like it when. Especially if you're getting towards the end of your career, yeah. and for some reason you've just never been recognized for what people collectively consider to be yeah. an injustice. Yeah. But I'm also not a fan of what Irvine Welsh called in Train Spotting the sympathy vote. Yeah. <laughs> Referring yeah. to Sean Connery and the Untouchables. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's, you know, it's great that we have a, a female director who finally won. I think that's inspiring for, yeah. for people. Yeah. Uh, I hope to see a lot more, you know, given that opportunity, yeah. mostly so we can move on from this conversation. I mean, not this conversation. I'm just <laughs> talking about the whole, like, empowered female director thing. I'm, yeah. just, I'm going to be glad when we get out of this era because I'm kind of like a Vulcan in that respect. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, they, they are perfectly capable. They can make amazing movies, and they should be awarded for it. Yeah. It just hasn't happened yet. So well, why they've we made amazing movies on the same level as men. It's just they don't get recognized for it as much. I think once they do, it will be more recognized. But I will say, after Bigelow's win, not much has changed after that. Which is the well, I mean, like a little bit has changed, but still a lot of them don't get to the front light. Like yeah, we had Greta Gerwig get nominated for Lady Bird and. She got snubbed this year, but then again, well, no, she didn't get snubbed this year. There were plenty other female directors who made uh, better films. Uh, help me, help Lulu, me out. Like, tell yeah. me, tell me, like some folks, like Lulu like Wang. Lulu Wang, yeah, for okay. uh, for you know, for the farewell. Uh, uh, whoever directed the Nightingale, I can't remember her name. Jennifer Kent. Yeah. Well, Kent. that's. Yeah. And that's that was one of my big disappointments, but yeah. I also realized that there's no way that that movie is going to get any kind of Academy recognition yeah. because yeah. it's so hard to watch. I yeah. think it is probably one of the top three movies to come out last year and possibly yeah. the last decade. Was it last year? Or, oh, I'm sorry, yes, last yeah. year, because mm -hmm. that was 2019. That always confused me with the Oscars. It's like, wait, that movie came out last year. Why is it nominated this year? But no, I don't. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, the thing is, like, when it comes to the whole female director argument, yeah. there's a few different layers to that. Yeah. Like, there are more female directors working now. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to David Fowley about a bunch of comic book movies that are coming up this year. Yeah. And a lot of them are directed by women, and yep. that's fantastic. Yep. But you're also not going to get, you know, Captain Marvel 2 is not going to get nominated for an Academy Award. No. Right? I'm not Black saying Panther just... was, but that was a popularity award. Yeah, and, but I also, yeah. I think there's a lot more going on in Black Panther, so I can understand yeah. why that got elevated. But it's like, just because you're a female director and you've broken through in a genre, yeah. you should not also expect that the awards accolades come with that. Oh, of course It's not. like no. a level playing no. field to the point where like, okay, you've got in the gate, now you have to be excellent yeah. along the same lines as your counterparts. So. I don't necessarily think that sexism is the issue. I just think that we are still waiting for that, for another, I should say, truly Academy Award worthy picture to come through. I've not seen yeah. The Farewell, but I've heard a lot of great things. I've also heard some not so great things about it. Mm -hmm. That I've, mm -hmm. I've never heard anyone say it's bad. I've yeah. heard that people say it was okay. Yeah, yeah, you know? I can understand that too. Uh, because there are certainly moments of Farewell where I'm like, Hmm, okay, we get this. This is a funny moment. But where are we going to go? There's some, but it's because it's one of those movies that it's not, it's not very plot heavy. You know, it's more character heavy. And, and, that's, more and that's fine, too. I mean, I, again, I haven't seen it, but I think we could yeah. possibly both agree that it should have, if there was going to be any female, you know, powered move, not empowered, but driven film yeah. at the Oscars, it probably would have been better than Little Women. 
Yeah, oh god, yeah, I get, well, I don't know if uh, anybody replied to my Facebook post when I post, I post a little woman on my, my fan page, but then on my personal page, and before I said, oh, I thought it was stupendous, but I felt peer pressured into liking it, because a lot of the critics in Chicago adored the film, Yeah, and it's like, I feel like if I didn't adore it, they think, oh, well, you're a man, and there's something wrong with you. And, but at the end of the day, I <laughs> to a lot of people that it would be a redundant sentiment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, uh, it's, it's a tough position to hold, yeah. but you just, at a certain point, you have to not care about that. If you know that yeah. you're not a misogynist piece of crap, yeah. then if anyone wants to throw that really easy label at you so that they don't have to think critically about the things that they love or think they're mm -hmm. supposed to love, then that's mm -hmm. their problem. It's not yours. Exactly. You have to think, you gotta view a movie objectively. Yeah. And objectively, someone who never read the novel, didn't know anything about the other interpretations, coming in fresh to this, I felt like this is sort of a fan film of Little Women, of all the other interpretations. And all they did this time was tell the movie out of order, assuming that the audience, I'm gonna belch, assuming <laughs> that the audience uh, knew what the material was, uh, but if you don't and you walk into that film, you're not gonna know what the hell is going on in it. Yeah. And it just felt like a dismembered mess. And on top of that, I couldn't tell who, which character is who, what was going on, and it felt antithetical to its own theme in the end, yeah. where Sarah Sharonin gets, oh, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling a 150-year-old book. <laughs> Uh, gets <laughs> married in the end. It's like, well, wasn't the whole point was that you wanted to be independent and not get married? Then go with that. Go against what the book has written. Subvert expectations for the good of the storyline and have a creative discussion, you know, with the creator of that. But no, they, they went for the most subservient ending ever. And I feel like everybody just wanted to love the film because of the Wokies. Well, and, and that's a shame, too, because yeah. I feel like Greta Gerwig did a movie that was absolutely worth getting behind a couple of years ago called Lady Bird with Saoirse Ronan. That was great. We, which we both loved that film. Yeah. Didn't that get all the way up to the Oscars? I, sure did. Yeah, was she nominated for director? Mm-hmm. Okay, then then that's that's sort of my argument to this. Is exactly. Like, we've only had one female win the director. Well, have we only ever had one female nominated for directing? Yeah. No? Then, okay, then what's your problem? You could also say that there are direct mm -hmm. male directors who've never won an Oscar, but they've nominated a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Like, well... Okay, is there, a, is there an anti-Scorsese, well, that's a bad example, but is there an yeah. anti-Scorsese prejudice in Hollywood? Or anti, <laughs> um, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, anti-Kubrick. Right. You know, and uh, that, that I loved it when he finally won because I, I have a bias. I love Martin Scorsese. And to see him finally get his Oscar was so gratifying. I remember I saw it with my friend, and we both, like, high-fived each other <laughs> when he finally won. And, yeah, it wasn't necessarily the greatest speech, but the greatest moment was when everyone stood up for him because yeah. you could tell they all really respected him. And, you know, this is a guy who, he, he, he's a hustler. He loves film. I've never seen anyone who knows so much about the history of cinema as much as Martin Scorsese. And to see a man so deserving of that win it was great. I mean, honestly, if you were to ask me who should have won Best Director that year, um, it would have been, uh, who directed United 93? Greengrass. Yeah, Paul Greengrass for uh, United 93 that year. I thought that was the most powerful film uh, that year. Um, but, of course, I think that was a sort of popularity award in a way and a sympathy award, but... You know, at that point in time, it was a given. And we knew they were going to give it to him because you had George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Francis Ford Coppola all walk up on the stage together. You know, these they even introduced them as the three amigos when they <laughs> introduced... So we know what's going to happen. Uh, the funniest part of that moment, though, was uh, George Lucas screwing up Stephen Freer's name and calling him Stephen Fears. <laughs> it was almost like they're saying, yeah, we don't know, you directed that stupid movie about the Queen or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stephen Fears, whatever. <laughs> that, that actually segues briefly yeah. into one of my other favorite Oscar moments yeah. from a few years ago when uh, John Travolta was, I think he was announcing... Adina Menzel? Yeah, yeah. Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. <laughs> I don't have much to say about that, except that I, that's another one that pops into my head. Oh, yeah. no, that, that and, like, 
when they followed it up the next year where she uh, intentionally mispronounced his name, and then it's followed up by an even awkward moment where John Travolta is like caressing her face, and he's constantly going, "Oh, Indina, Indina, Indina!" You know, everybody on Facebook is writing, "Let her go." You know, it's like. <laughs> I think I missed that. Bit. Yeah. Wow. And it, yeah, it, it was really weird. It's just if she was like trying to prove to her he wasn't gay. Um, but I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> He's a hell of an actor. Yeah, right? <laughs> you should really check out his performance in The Fanatic. Uh, but I still have to watch that. That's <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Directed by Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit. Uh, he didn't get paid for that movie, bit of trivia. He did it all for the nookie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's a great scene in the in the fanatic where like they're actually playing Limp Biscuit in a car, like one of the main characters of the son, and then he's like, "You ever listen to Limp Biscuit?" The kid's like, "Yeah," and then he just like turns up the song, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is the stuff in my days." Like, oh. That's even worse than wearing the the t-shirt of the band you're going to see to a concert that's like the lead singer of the band wearing his own t-shirt exactly at the show i think i think fred durst was trying to make fun of himself but it it did not come off that way at all <laughs> oh my god or uh what, what, what else oh yeah when melissa leo dropped an f-bomb at the oscars that was real great because she's like, oh, I can't believe you guys fucking do and, and her character <laughs> in The Fighter was just like, yeah, like, you know, this Boston woman who, you know, goes around. Like, let's go to a fucking Red Sox game. Blah, blah, blah. I, there, I don't have much to say about it. It was just funny. <laughs> oh, The Fighter. I got to watch that movie again. I really love that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Or uh, uh, what else do you have? I've got, uh, th this is probably yeah. the biggest moment of the last decade. So we, I'm just going to get it out of the way. Are we just going to La La Land? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was talking oh, about. Oh, we all know La La Land. You know, I was like, should I say it in the beginning right up top? <laughs> because I remember I saw that, and Honest Trailers said it uh, the best, as they always do. Best Oscars ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What a wonderful, beautiful train wreck to see. Because the guy who was in charge of handing out the envelopes was too busy taking pictures yep. backstage going on Twitter and he didn't notice the person grabbed the wrong, how do you not notice the person grabbed the wrong envelope and why didn't the person who was grabbing the envelope talk to him and be like, hey, is this the right one? Oh, this is the problem with social media, folks. By well, the way, like our Facebook page and Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of problems. The the bonus or the good thing that yeah. came out of this is they enacted a policy of like you know those people can they like have to be the royal guard now. They can't talk to anybody. They can't like take selfies the or no anything. No phone policy. Yeah. Right. They're just there to do their job, and and it's that is that like that meme says you had one job. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love that because if I remember correctly, I'm just gonna bring up the clip. <laughs> I think that. I went to sleep right oh, before no. that happened. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, because I figured La La Land was gonna win, so there was gonna be no like drama. Uh, and I think I woke up the next morning and I'm like, oh, what happened? Oh shit! And so, but thanks to YouTube. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So, so you were asleep during all this? I think I caught it the next morning. Wow. Yeah. What did you think when you woke up? I just saw that people were talking about like the big kerfuffle of the Oscars, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, of course. It was like, uh, was it Jesus in the garden? Like he couldn't wait another five minutes. Yeah. He had fell asleep. I was uh, the same way. Yeah. I was like, oh wow, that's uh, that was pretty uh, stunning. Um, you were probably thinking when you read the headline at first, like, oh, it's probably not a big deal, and then you see what happens. You're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but one of the things I do love about the internet and social media yeah. is. 30 years ago, we were talking about Billy Crystal initially. Yeah. If something happened at the Oscars, you would read about it the next day. If you're mm. lucky, you might catch a clip on like the news, but you have to wait till 6 or 10 o'clock. Yeah. When I wake up, it's on the internet. It's right in front of my face. I just press play. Yeah. I love that. Like we are right now. I just want to, you know, I, I want to see an ESPN analysis of this moment <laughs> with uh, John Madden, uh, Charles Berkeley and Chris Berman doing it. I, yes, <laughs> let's do it. Yes. 
Okay, so uh, if you stand over here, and I'll start like <laughs> drawing like on Warren Beatty's face. Now, look at all the plastic surgery on Faye Dunaway here. <laughs> uh, I can't do a Charles Barkley, I'm sorry. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, what, what happened here is terrible, man. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and here they screw up the Oscar! What?! <laughs> God, I forgot that they talked this much. Oh yeah, no, the worst is... They're, yeah, they're talking about, like, oh, how art um, has something to do with, you know, society and politics and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, let's get on the juicy part. Jesus Christ, Faye Dunaway looks like her face is gonna tear off at any moment. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> So here oh, are the oh. Okay, oh, they're, they're gonna read Hacksaw. Oh, I forgot that got nominated. Yeah, that was such a hilarious movie. <laughs> hey, 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 I loved Hacksaw Ridge, Mr. With the grenade kick, like in midair. Oh my god, that was great. That was like something. Uh, I, I don't remember that. And then there's Lion. Nobody saw it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hidden figures. Hidden figures. That was actually my favorite movie of the year. Manchester by the Sea? Yeah. Oh my god, I have thoughts on Manchester. You go back like and, it? Go back and listen. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. We'll, we'll, we'll watch this madness. Here we go. Thank God for cell phones to the internet. Yeah. Now, now I see, as Warren Beatty's opening the envelope, mm -hmm. just like if you look at his face, <laughs> not here, but like a little before that. Play along at home, folks. Yeah, he, he, he kind of has this look like, what the, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, he has no idea what in the fuck he's looking at. This is an envelope? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, right uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the post image for this episode. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and it will be, and now. <laughs> I hey, took a screenshot of it. Oh, you and your technological wizardry. Uh, not really. Yeah, the Warren Beatty's face. It's like, what the fuck am I looking at? Okay. He's he's trying to say what the Oscars going to, but he doesn't quite know what to say. La La Land. So I so never. So right away, she just looks at the envelope without even seeing it said Emma Stone on it. Because that she was what I wondered. La La like, how do you? I guess they do. They have all of the nominees on the envelope and then inside it just has the winner or what? Because that's what I would think. It said, uh, no, as they say later on, it says, uh, Emma Stone, La La Land, and you won't be able to hear it in here. But right after that, in the background, like very faded, you hear, uh, you hear Warren Beatty say, it said Emma Stone. And then uh, Faye Dunaway goes, what? <laughs> oh my God. I'm just, uh, uh, Faye Dunaway can't read. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't like her as a person. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've read a lot of things. Although I do like her throwing a bag of piss at uh, Roman Polanski. So, or, was I'm, this? I'm sorry, a cup of piss. It was on the set of Chinatown, and he wouldn't let her go to the bathroom. So she peed into a cup of piss and threw it at him, like when he came back around. Where can I read about this? Just look up uh, Faye Dunaway oh. uh, pee or something like that. <laughs> but not at <laughs> work. People, yeah, no, um... yeah you, know, you know what? It's like, no, no, I don't want someone dressed up in a Faye Dunaway mask in a water sports video. Uh, but <laughs> No, I just thought it sounded like that was an anecdote from like a, a Hollywood history book that I would love to read. Um, <laughs> yeah. About celebrity pee. All right, this is a weird. So anyways. If you listen closely. Oh, yeah. You can't hear it here, but he goes like, it's fade, don't wait. She goes, what? <laughs> so now everyone's just walking on this stage. Yeah. So far, we don't think anything's going wrong. Everything's fine. Okay. The, 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 the uh, white people movie won. Because <laughs> that's why everybody, I loved La La Land. I did too. Yeah. I hate musicals, and I loved La La Land. I, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I, I'm, I've appreciated musicals a lot more in the intervening years, but this is one of my gateways yeah. into it. And this guy was a class act when they lost, too. He was yeah. such a good guy. He was actually at the uh, Chicago Critics Film Festival a couple of years oh, yeah? ago with a movie, and he was talking about... Uh, yeah, I think someone the asked thing about that this he's going to live yeah. on forever, that he's going to remember forever. Yeah. <laughs> Even when he like actually wins an Oscar. Like... <laughs> They'll be like, oh, did you check the envelope? Uh, you know, his whole life. 
Yeah, I, but it is a classy move, and it's great yeah. that Moonlight got the recognition yeah. uh, that it did. But you know, I I was, did not care for Moonlight, but also in fairness, I never yeah. finished Moonlight. <laughs> By the time they got to the third segment, I'm like, I was kind of out. Yeah, uh, uh, like it was like my dad said he, when he saw the end of the movie. So they were gay. What's the big deal? They were gay. <laughs> I did. I did very much get that feeling. Yeah. Like. Again, it goes back to that Vulcan thing. I'm like, yeah. we settled this like 30 years ago, guys. What are we doing? Vulcan. I keep thinking of Star Trek when you say Vulcan. <laughs> well, right, because the whole like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, the spot kind of detachment. Like, uh, why is everybody so like riled up about this stuff? Can't we please move on? I don't know anything about Star Trek. I keep thinking Vulcan's Michael Worf's character or something like that. Michael Dorn? Was that it? I don't know. Oh, no. Worf is the name Worf, of it. Yeah. yeah. Played Michael by Michael Dorn. Dorn. Yeah. Michael Worf. Everybody loved that. No, the Klingons are the exact opposite yeah. of the Vulcans. They're like super emotional in the, the oh, war, the yeah, war yeah, yeah. race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Vulcans are like the detached ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't watch a lot of Star Trek. Go see Star Trek Picard on CBS Access. All access, whatever. <laughs> Here's your check for 25 cents, yeah. Mike. So... Boring Oscar happy speech, you know. <laughs> but it gets so juicy when they walk up on the stage and start running around. Like, if you just look at the background, you'll just see a guy running back and forth like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> and it gets so insane. And then it just progressively goes downhill from there. So right now, they're just talking. Beta Dunaway doesn't know where she is. Yeah, she's... Oh wait, there, there! You can see a guy running in the background already. Wow. Oh man, this poor guy. And I don't think they fixed this graphic here, where they named everyone saying that they won the award. Oh, looking nervous. Uh oh, here we go. This is what we call dead air, but whatever. This is my show. They, they can hear what's going on, kind of, maybe. Yeah. Like, there we go, wait, here we wait, go. Huh? So we have the, the Oscar uh, envelope guy. I don't know if this is the guy who got No, this no, is the guy who got fired. He, he, he is a different dude. Yeah. That guy was being hauled off into a truck and beaten at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he was like in the car like uh, Adam Sandler's character in uh, Uncut Gems. Like, Take off all his clothes, throw him in the trunk. <laughs> I was thinking more of the uh, more of a Khashoggi thing. Yeah. But... <laughs> Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, there you go. We lost, by the way. <laughs> and this is where it gets good. Oh my God. No, this is not a joke. And see, this dude did the right thing right from the start. He's yeah. like, no, we didn't win. It's okay. We like get up here. Poor Jimmy Kimmel is so lost and confused right now. He, he might even say he's dazed and confused. There you go. <laughs> Oh, they got even oh the, the, the 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 close up of the envelope yeah, uh, that everyone Photoshop changed. Oh, I, I haven't like, seen that meme. Yeah, they like Photoshop changed it to like the election results, like Hillary Clinton four million votes, you know, Donald <laughs> Trump two. Yeah. Mm. You know what? I think that's a good point, Jimmy. They should give a whole bunch of Oscars to everyone instead of this silly competition. Uh, but that wouldn't be that wouldn't be dynamic television. Then <laughs> <laughs> it'd just be like, who gets the shiniest Oscar? Yeah. Warren, what are you doing? Warren Beatty's trying to explain the situation as best he can. I mean, look at this. These guys are just running all over the stage. There's just mass confusion everywhere. This is the best shit I've ever seen. At the Oscars, by yeah, far. It is going to be all downhill from here as far as our next favorite moments. Oh, yeah. In terms <laughs> of sharp. you're never going to get any better expectations than this. And the La La, guy, La La Land guys actually leave the stage when Barry Jenkins, like, enters the podium. He's like, I want to thank my friends from La La Land. Oh, I guess they're not here anymore. Well, I mean, I, am, I understand. It's yeah. possibly shock. Yeah, you're like, like I like what the hell I gotta get out of here. Panic, but they it's also <laughs> possibly a sign of respect. Like yeah. we shouldn't be up here. This is their moment to shine. Yeah, we we've been up here for ten minutes <laughs> erroneously. <laughs> oh, wait till they cut to the guy with the goofy hair and his shocked expression. I don't know if we there right there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that guy. I want to go back to that. 
Where's Matt, Hair Man? Matt Damon. He's after Matt Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another meme. Yeah. Mm. All right. God. So we get the idea. And then at that point, everyone's just taking pictures of everything. But yeah, that is going to be the best Oscar moment in the history of Oscars. You know, unless someone like falls on stage. Jennifer uh, Lawrence already did that. Oh, no, no. But even better, <laughs> they fall on stage and drop the Oscar and it slams on the ground and like the head rolls off. <laughs> that would be incredible. I yeah. was wondering, because those are gold, right? I mean, yeah, like it wouldn't it wouldn't break that. Like, you could kill someone with an Oscar. Has that ever been done in a movie before? Was well, someone, someone getting killed with an Oscar? Yeah, I'm sure someone did it. You could really kill someone with an Emmy because it's, got, it's like, all those sharp. Things, yeah, you could just stab someone with it. Yeah. Dude. This is this is uh, uh, turning into a podcast on how to murder people with <laughs> with the awards. What is the uh, I, what's the acronym for the person who's won the Tony, the Oscar, uh, the Grammy, the winner? No, no, no. But I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, is, is it goat? Uh, Grammy, Greatest Oscar, of all time? <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But no, I could just see someone making a, a movie about that, like one of those winners, like going going insane and killing people with their different statues. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to see like a feature film on this debacle and I think someone one day will try to do that, which don't. Just make a short film <laughs> with celebrities playing different celebrities, you know, and, and just do that, like a big sketch. Yeah. It'd be funny. Like, you don't even have to write anything. It's like when uh, Sarah Palin was running for uh, vice president alongside John McCain and all Tina Fey had to do was just quote her verbatim you know yes it's like just do that and i'll be happy you know now i now i just want to start a casting list it's like who would play barry jenkins who would play uh the very sweet uh guy who lost in la la land damien chazelle mm. the director or the the guy who presented the, the bald guy Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking on his name, too. But yeah. I, that, that's uh, for another. Yeah. We should do our, our fantasy Oscars. Uh, fantasy. Yeah. I mean, the other Oscar moments I had was when Laurence Olivier, he didn't uh, say uh, the nominees for Best Picture. He just went right up and he just went, Amadeus. <laughs> and I'm like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's. I, I found that out last night. I just found that out. I'm like, oh my god. That's. I wish everyone would just do that. Or I don't know if you've ever noticed Jack Nicholson's face when he announced Crash, but like his eyebrows, kind of like before he reads the envelope, he kind of gets that classic Nicholson look where his eyebrows go up. Like what the fuck? This movie, you know. And he just goes Crash, you know. And it was fun. That. That's uh yeah I'm not gonna talk about Oscar stumps because we I've done that video, you know I've talked about Crash I've talked about Shakespeare in Love being Pride Saving Pride Ryan, especially in today's context why it won is ugh. yeah, and, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that was oh and of course Roberto Benigni climbing the I've stairs got that in '99 yeah, <laughs> I uh, I was Roberto he climbs the stairs and Steven Spielberg's like holding him from falling down on top of Steven Spielberg yeah it was like wow I talk about eccentric energy and then he made that weird Pinocchio movie I loved um, Life is Beautiful Mm. I saw that thing multiple times in the theater and I've never seen it so you've never seen it no I bet I would cry if I saw it you would I Kind of knowing you, I would say that you're yeah, a uh, you pussy like basket case by the end. No, there's and there's nothing wrong with that. I I I, I like crying during movies. Yeah, yeah, I do too. It's it's cathartic, but yeah. it's one of those movies that yeah, it's about a guy who's kind of entertaining his son through these kind of clown antics while they're in a concentration camp. But it is oh wow, that's, yeah, that's I the plot know. of the movie. Jesus. But it is not as it's not classless it's not as tacky as it sounds yeah it's it's a great drama with yeah. bits of comedy in it mm. that by the end it's like <sighs> without giving anything away did you ever see the mist yeah oh you know, god it ends like that like <laughs> well there are no gi- well there are giant monsters coming out of the fog not, and, they're, not, and they're called like nazis monsters, but, <laughs> but I, well yes i meant more like it ends like in the most horrific way possible just in one of those ironic if they'd only had five more minutes moments 
kind of a deal. Oh, I think I know what you mean happens. Yeah. Everyone dies. Um. <laughs> no. Um, okay. But yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah. But yeah, it was great to see him do that because I thought he was spectacular in the movie and he just brings such life. It's kind of like what I was talking about with the, the performers from Once. Yeah. You know, going to Hollywood, probably having grown up watching these big Hollywood movies and all of a sudden you're in the same company as you know people you've admired and, and your yeah. work is being respected and you're like, oh my God, instead of the stuffy like, I've been coming to these awards for 35 years. I've never won, or I won 20 years ago. It's yeah. like I'm here for the shrimp cocktail. Or whatever. Peter O'Toole. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm trying to think. Did he win for Lawrence? He never won. Never? Never won. Jesus. No. Uh, but, yeah, so Roberto Benigni, yeah, yeah, walking across chairs, that's a perfect visual metaphor for how he probably felt. He yeah. probably thought he was walking on water. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Italian Jesus. Oh yeah, or or the complete opposite of that is when after Hillary Swank won the Oscar, she was like at some random burger shop, like in her dress, just eating French fries. And I'm like, good for you. You stay humble there, Hillary. There was a story a couple of years ago yeah. that when- No, there's footage of it, yeah. Well, no, I'm, I, yeah. I believe you, but when, um, the Shape of Water won Best Picture. Yeah. Michael Shannon was in a bar in Chicago. My was... buddy was in that bar at the time. Okay, so he was like watching and it on TV. there's a photo of it, too. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a photo of it, too. Like, he just said, it's not Photoshopped. Like, he's sitting in the bar. I wish Joe was here right now to talk about it. But he's sitting in the bar, and he's just watching it on, like, this crappy-ass television. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just all disheveled, and he's just wearing, like, this heavy-ass winter coat. Yeah, I gotta ask Joe the details about it, but It'd be a great little mini. Oh my god! I, I well, there is a mini soda I want to do if I can get him on. I have a friend uh, who's opening up a film school in Rwanda. Holy who, shit! Yeah, who uh, is who's like in his 80s, but you wouldn't be able to tell if you saw him. He looks like he's in his 60s. He's like in better shape than my dad, and. <laughs> He uh, was nominated for an Oscar. What, what year was JFK announced? 92? Okay. I think so, it came out in 92 or. Yeah. Okay, so 93 Oscars. And I just, he's got some great Oscar stories. Uh, wow. Most he can tell, some he can't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hopefully, folks, if we can get him on, uh, we'll start a petition. No, we won't. Um, <laughs> And we can get him on to talk about those stories. And yeah, we can get Joe on just to talk about the Michael Shannon story for a few minutes. That would be awesome. It would. But yeah, the, the, just so many of the stories that happen behind the scenes is great. That's why I want to see that short film on the whole La La Land debacle. I want to see the, the, the behind the stage stuff. I want to see the people like screaming at other people. I want to see the head of the academy just losing her mind. She just closes the door, be like, "What the?" Fuck? <laughs> you know, but there's, I don't know if that would have been the reaction necessarily because. No. Oh, we got to make it. We got to. It's it's drama. great. It's got people talking about it. It's yeah. got people tuning in. Like, oh my god, are they gonna have another La La Land yeah. moonlight moment? No, they just um, gave Best Picture to the least deserving film the next year. Which was that? Green Book. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. at first, at first, I was like, I agreed with you on it, but then when I saw how like the the family completely disregarded it, and how uh, Viggo Mortensen's character's dad was like this big time Trump supporter, I'm like, well, you know, but that's again, we've we've talked about this. Yeah, your personal politics and the story behind the people that make yeah. the movie, on some level, can't affect what you actually think about the movie. And its it merits, wasn't right? Wasn't that? I don't know. I forgot about it after I saw it. And that's yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, I, I was not upset when Green yeah. Book won because I understand why it won. Yeah. And also, it's another one of those situations where every critic I know hated it. Yeah. But every regular person, every civilian who just goes to the movies, yeah. loved it. I'm in between. I'm just like, it's okay. Yeah, and that's, that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I thought yeah. it was okay, and I thought it had moments of, you know, pretty greatness for being a pedestrian. Yeah factually inaccurate biopic but yeah. then again i mean let's look at the irishman i mean you want to talk about a movie that's like fabricated out of whole cloth oh yeah <laughs> oh I, I i i have my bias i love it's like if i didn't know who pacino or de niro or any of these guys were i'd be like god this movie's fucking boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. um let's see what else i think 
I think I got through all of mine. Uh, I got a couple more. Jack Palance doing one-arm push-ups. That was pretty great. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and the older I get, the more I appreciate that feat. I'm oh like, my holy God. I shit. Can't do one, I can't do two-arm push-ups with my fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's doing one-arm push-ups. Like, look what I can do. How do you like that, motherfuckers? <laughs> Um, this was not an Oscar moment, but it was a a, a, a meme, sort of. I think yeah. before memes were a thing. Yeah. Uh, based on Oscar moment, it was either on the Dennis Miller HBO show, when it was, you know, funny, uh, or it was an SNL thing. Mm -hmm. But it was a, a still of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck after winning their Oscars for best for Good Oh my God, their, 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 their speech was great. They're just like screaming names. Yeah, well, the, it's a still of them, like, I guess backstage, like waving their Oscars around. <laughs> and, and whoever it was said, they just captioned it, we're going to get so laid tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how they acted when they got it. I can't blame them. I, I, I hated it when uh, James Cameron won the actor and he yelled, like, I'm the king of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I always wondered about that because yeah. there's a part of me that kind of understands yeah. that it may have been very much ego-driven yeah. or it could have just been him saying, here's the big line for the movie you guys all just awarded me for. It's both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he, felt, he kind of felt like Jack on the bow of the Titanic. Yeah. Um, let's see, I've got to say... Uh, I liked in Birdman when Sean Penn announced Alejandro and Ritu, he said, who gave this son of a bitch a green card? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't even funny. It was just like, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, it was like an inside joke and Sean Penn tried to be funny, you know, in between beating up his girlfriend. <laughs> well, it's, you know, he's a multitasker. But, um... <laughs> That's why he's multi-talented, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, I also liked... Uh, oh, the speaking about uh, Me Too. Yeah. This was, I think, this might have been the year that that all broke, or right around that time. Yeah. Um, and it was when people didn't quite understand what the hell was going on until much later. But it was when Casey Affleck won for Manchester by the Sea, and yeah. Brie Larson came out to present the award to yeah. him, and she just like stood off to the side with her hands like at her side and just would not like she was not engaged at all oh my god because she had heard the stories about what he had done yeah and everyone like the stories that came out like what the hell's up with brie larson like what, what's oh, the really? deal with that yeah and they're then, still like that with brie larson well, which yes, i don't think is fair <laughs> no. you know well i think some of it's fair because some of the stuff that like i'm a big brie larson fan yeah um I was. I loved her in uh, Room. Room, yeah. And, Not uh, the Room. I'm room, totally yeah. blanking on the the earlier stuff that she was in. Not uh, short term she, twelve. Yeah, I was thinking of short term twelve. Yeah. Damn, this is gonna drive me crazy. But, but um, yeah. Anyhow, a big fan of hers. I was not a fan of some of the stuff that she said coming out of Captain Marvel. Like on that whole press junket. Oh, uh, was she she going like, oh, if a man was in this, and it, but it did make money, so. Right, and, yeah. and but that's the thing. It's like the movie can come out and be for everyone. Yeah. And I didn't like her slight against like you know, forty something white men having an opinion about her movie. I'm like, well, you know. Everyone has an opinion about a movie. Right, but yeah. I'm just saying, it's one of those situations where yeah. you kind of get this side eye whenever you suggest it, but it's like, okay, yeah. just substitute white for any other race and yeah. see how that sounds. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing. It's easy to go after white people because, you know, white people have had everything since the beginning some, of time. Yeah. Some have had everything. There have also yeah. been a lot of people who... who it's, have it's the yeah. apex fallacy, right? Yeah. Because... A ruling class has been of a certain race yeah. and gender for a long time. There's the assumption that everybody has that privilege, yeah. but it's not really See, true. Like, what is white privilege in the context of the Chinese government? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? They're not white. <laughs> but, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you, go over to, you go over there, well, right now it might be kind of easier because I'm sure with yeah. the, the population dropping like flies, but yeah, uh, yeah it, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. let's talk about the Chinese government with their <laughs> Oscar moments. Man, China is sick. Uh, <laughs> Dude, but, I went to China, I got the worst flu. <laughs> oh, man. This is this is terrible. By the time this goes up, it's, we're going to be talking about you know an actual pandemic. Well, I guess it was ruled by the World Health Organization yesterday. Yeah. That uh, that yeah, it's an international crisis. Yeah, we're so, all going to die. Yeah. So let's talk about some more Oscar moments. No, I've got <laughs> I've got one left. Yeah. And that is um, 
Where is it? Oh, it is not a moment, but it is an entire episode. Yeah. 2011. Yeah. James Franco and Anne Hathaway oh, host the Oscars. Oh my God, that's a good. <laughs> what a fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> both, both actors not exactly uh, liked by today's standards anymore. Yeah. Uh, because you had because Anne Hathaway, you know, she comes off like a bratty, you know, overprivileged girl. Yeah. Which I mean, who knows? Maybe she's a lovely person, and maybe it's just people not giving her a fair chance. But whatever. And then James Franco uh, likes young girls, um, and that's about it. <laughs> so he fits right in. Um, yeah, and and both and that was the most awkward. Like these people, I, I get it. Like you want actors to host the show, you want to avoid controversy, blah blah blah. Although you guys overdo it by, I mean, you fired. Uh, I hope we got that in the background. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they fired uh, Kevin Hart because he made some joke about slamming a dollhouse over his kid if he ever bought one if he and, if his kid turned out to be gay yeah. yeah 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 which whatever that was like an old tweet and the guy's a comedian the whole point of a comedian is to say jokes that you know are taboo that we can laugh at it doesn't mean they necessarily feel that way well yeah i was having this con uh, conversation with lee showquist recently yeah. about um, you know, the early Friday the 13th movies didn't yeah. have any black characters in them until the third movie. Yeah. And this is of the time, but, you know, nowadays diversity is absolutely everything. So oh, if you yeah. look back on those older movies, like, oh, they're just they're nothing but white people. I'm like, yeah. well, you, you can't necessarily apply a modern context to old art. Yeah. You you can, but you have to. Then, like, you, then you would have to. Then you would have to re-examine every old film that you love. Right. You know, you'd have to go back in a wonderful life and be like, yeah, the only black person in that movie was the maid for Jimmy Stewart's family. Yeah. Yeah. And and I agree that that could be seen as problematic, but it 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 opens a wider discussion other yeah. than just a, a, a quick value judgment. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with the Kevin Hart thing. Because what bothered me about that so much is he had already apologized for it. Yeah. The problem is he hadn't apologized in the very moment that this whole that someone dug up these tweets. They're like, yeah. no, he didn't apologize to me, so I want to apologize again. And he was like, screw you. Yeah. I don't need this gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he got out of it before it was too much of a thing. I mean, it's too bad because if we had Ricky Gervais host the Oscars and they, they let go of that whole political correctness, it would be great. He'd call everyone, uh, I mean, there, there was a video recently that came out what it, relating to his Harvey Weinstein comments at the Golden Globes, where he's like, he was your friend, you know, where basically uh, there, there's a bunch of people not only thanking Harvey Weinstein, but joking like, oh, he'll kill you, and they called him the Punisher and all that. Oh, yeah. And now it's like, yeah. Uh, a lot of them are still like, especially Jennifer Lawrence. She really liked him. I, but, I didn't hear that. Oh yeah, um, like no, she always referred to him as the Punisher, and I've read that she's a disaster to work with on set, which is yeah, a big surprise. Um, that's unfortunate. I mean, that's yeah. that's one of the things that I love Hollywood yeah. uh, pageantry and everything, but I yeah. always wonder about that dark side. Like you were saying, what's the behind-the-scenes story that's going on here? Oh well, I've been I've worked on some movies behind the scenes and. Yeah, making films compared to watching them are, are a different beast. If you're in a good production with a good director, with nice people on the crew, you're working long hours. You're working 18-hour days, but these people are your family, and if you trust them and you love them, then it's great. But if but most productions, like 90% of them, uh, it's it's like you want to put a bullet in your head. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Before, because uh, that's that's my entire list. But I do yeah. want to ask you. What is your opinion on the host list, hostless award ceremony? Because we're not going to have yeah. a host this year. It's cowardice. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. It's it's uh, it's like you guys can't take a joke, and because of that, you know, you're going to have a very forgettable show with low ratings. The reason why I say you should have Ricky Gervais is because he gives the Golden Globes ratings at the end. He might say stuff that pisses a lot of people off. He does everything against what they say. But guess what? He gives you those numbers. He gives you those views. He's keeping your show alive. 
Well, that, and I agree. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, great. You know, we don't need a host for the Oscars. Maybe it'll yeah. be shorter. I'm like, no, they're not going to be shorter. It's still going to be three hours yeah. long. They're just going to find more filler. They're going to nominate more movies. They're going to have more like dance numbers and, and just yeah, stuff that no one cares about. That's the shit they should cut. Right. They should cut all the dance numbers and all the songs for every movie. Just give the fucking award to the stupid song for the movie. All right, not that I'm saying, yeah, it's a dumb character, whatever. Uh, but it don't. And uh, just just give them the award for that. And also, yeah, instead of, I don't know, cutting the host of cut time, try not to cut time on the, what you guys call the smaller categories. Right. The production designers, you know, the composers, the screenwriters, the short films, short documentary, short feature, uh, feature documentary, the, uh, uh, oh, uh, foreign language, you know, which, yeah, we know what's gonna, we know how that's gonna go this year. Um, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Um, I wish you would win Best Picture, but I guess, I don't know why they even nominate Best Foreign Language Film for Best Picture if they're not gonna give it to them out of default but yeah it's like a double recognition which yeah. i think it's it's fine only in the case because i fucking love parasite i have no uh, idea yeah. if it's fair but yeah I but think if they did do that that would be that would be something worth noting for this oscar year for one foreign language and best feature because people get mad but at the same time it, it gets ratings it does and yeah. i think what I would love to see is yeah. go get like a Billy Crystal or somebody else who's, yeah. you know, either get Ricky Gervais or get someone who's like the polar opposite. Yeah. It just brings it back to a classic yeah. Hollywood show, a night of coming out and appreciating art. Yeah. They're, they're funny, they're engaging. It's not funny with people who are not comedians, you know? Right. I mean, even with Jimmy Kimmel, he's such a corporate, like, late night talk show host yeah. guy now. I think you'd need like someone like a Jim Gaffigan or somebody, yeah. <laughs> you know, get, yeah, get an actual comic who can work the room yeah. and maybe even just have a sincere show. They're not making fun of everybody. They're not vitriolic. They're just like, Hey, this is escapism. Yeah. Especially in 2020. There's a lot of people who think that, you know, we, we need all the laughs we can get. Maybe even someone who could unify yeah. the show and, you know, give people who are conservatives who don't want to tune in to see all these liberal soapboxing speeches yeah. a reason to tune in. Yeah. Not like Larry the Cable Guy, but... So. No. No, you could get uh, Patton Oswalt. He's a huge film fan. But he's also a huge lefty. I don't know if that would... Oh, uh... uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, I, get... if, he, if he would promise yeah. to, like, rein that shit in. And I'm a huge Patton Oswalt fan yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But no, I get it. Get someone who's not... You know, politically affiliated to stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, someone who's not going around talking about how much they hate Trump and all that. Just, you know, it's good to get your mind away from the politics because let the actors do that when they get their award. They're going to anyways. That's great. Sometimes I, I actually liked what Meryl Streep said at the Golden Globes a lot where she said, you know, we have these awards because Trump was talking about cutting award shows. It's like. We have these shows because, you know, you're not constantly watching basketball or hockey or sports or something. Like, here's something that celebrates, something that's subjective. It's something that, you know, it means more to you than just sports. And I was like, okay, that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I would say, yeah, if I, I, we, I think not having a host is, is a big mistake. I, and if you want to get an actor who can do the Oscars properly, get Hugh Jackman again. Because yeah. he did a great job. He could sing, he could dance, he could be funny. The guy is everything. Please, yeah. get Wolverine again. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point. Even if even if they're so-called bland, I mean, yeah. even a bland host is better than no host. Yeah. It's becoming like a kiosk award show. Yeah. You just, like, tune in to see, you know, the winners. I don't know. Soon it'll be stream only, that show. Yeah, they're going to treat the awards the way they treat the announcements. So let's have two stars yeah. come out and just, like read the winners. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, it'll be on like NBC All Access, and that's the only way you can see the Oscars. It's called Peacock, Mike. Peacock. Oh, oh is that what it is? Are their new streaming yeah. service, whatever? I don't yeah. know what's out that's, yet, what, that's what it's going to be because the, the, the ratings get lower and lower. We need another La La Land moment. Have some crazy shit happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> on that note, I think we've said everything we could about the Oscars. I got, yeah. I, this went on way longer, and that's a compliment yeah. than I thought it would. I'm like, do I have anything to say about the Oscars? It turns out I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's always stuff to say, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I hopefully uh, you get, uh, we'll be able to get Dave on to talk about his Oscar stories. Uh, he'll have to cut the story. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be able to check that out. I didn't even know the Oscars were on February 9th. 
Holy shit, that's soon. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be they were they were used to be in like March or something. It was last year. I like it better when it's in March. Mm, but yeah. I don't know, man. To I me, the Oscars are almost like an indicator. It's like Groundhog Day for me. It's like spring is coming. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and as a critic, I don't know. Is it easier, like when the Oscars come out earlier or later? I don't like know. Like for your for your job, because because like all the award shows are all that. Like they got Sundance right now. Yeah. And literally the week after is the Oscars. Well, that's because you know the Oscars. It, it doesn't matter to me because I usually yeah. figure out all my best of stuff by the end of the previous yeah. year. And this year I was able to catch up for our last conversation. Yeah. We we're talking about best picture stuff. So for me, it's like I'm ready to bid 2019 adieu because 2020 yeah. is upon us and yeah. those awards contenders are being seen right now we're going to be talking about them very soon yeah yeah not soon enough for my taste uh <laughs> there you go yeah well i guess that's it i think i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right go to galway bay at 500 west diversity parkway chicago illinois grab a drink get away from the odd uh, the boring corporatized bars that are usually around chicago houndstooth saloon's kind of boring um but <laughs> it roasted their ass and uh <laughs> come down here get a drink uh play some pool play some video games watch some tv have Nolan tell you to fuck off when you get a drink. Uh, nice. <laughs> but he loves you when he says it. You know? <laughs> it's a real hometown kind of place. Like, this is a place I always go to when I want to run into friends. And I absolutely love it here. Uh, a lot of people come to this bar and end up loving it here, despite it smelling like old men in leather. Um, but... <laughs> Don't Which make says, it sound like there's a problem. No, it's a it's a good thing. <laughs> That's on their shirts. We should offer free Galway Bay shirts on this show. I think. I'll Maybe take one. that'll be a yeah. Oh, we can go. I can get you one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll hit up Nolan about it. All right. Thanks so much, Ian. All right, man. Thank go you. Go check out. Go check out him at kickseat.com, Kicking the Seat Podcast, Kicking the Seat on YouTube. And remember, check out, you'll probably agree, at ypareviews.com. All right, catch you guys later. Later.